0: Remind me again, why do the gospel details differ? Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you, and enjoy. Remind Me Again is a series answering common questions about Catholicism in just a few minutes. These are questions many Catholics and non-Catholics have, So you have to share or retweet our social media posts of these episodes. Our parish needs to reach a wider audience, and you make that happen. Alright, so remind me again. Why do the Gospels differ from each other in some of the details? Are these contradictions? Doesn't this invalidate them? How can we trust the Gospels at all? Here are a few examples. When Luke mentions the empty tomb on Easter Sunday he says there are two angels there. But in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew mentions one angel. Or how about this? At Jesus' baptism, in Mark's Gospel, God says, you are my beloved son. But in Matthew, God says, this is my beloved son. So, which is it? You are my beloved son, or this is my beloved son? Was God talking to Jesus, or was he addressing the spectators? I was looking on an atheist website the other day, and it posed the extremely significant question who put the robe on Jesus during the Passion? Because in the narratives about the Passion, one gospel says it was Herod's soldiers who put the robe on Jesus. While another says it was Pilate's soldiers who put the robe on Jesus, who I mean, should we just cancel all the masses and close the churches? I mean, can we even believe God is real? We don't even know with absolute certainty which soldiers put the robe on Jesus. At least that's how some folks would like us to respond to apparent gospel contradictions. They want us to scrap Christianity altogether because of some differing small details, but that's due to a fundamental misunderstanding about how we Catholics view the Bible. Our critics believe that we believe the Bible is a literal science or history textbook, or that God dictated every word of every book and the human authors robotically wrote it down like a literal transcript. But that is not what Catholics believe about biblical inspiration. We don't believe the authors of the Bible were just note-takers. God could have made a pre-written Bible fall from the sky, but instead he chose to work through human authors. So we can't expect to take from the Bible what the authors weren't trying to give us. Have you ever heard Jesus referred to as the Word of God? Call to mind that awesome first verse of John's Gospel, John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's talking about Jesus. But you've probably also heard the Bible referred to as the Word of God. Jesus, the Word of God, was both human and divine. And the Bible, which is also called the Word of God, is also human and divine. See, God worked through the human authors of the Bible. God and the human person were both authors. God works through us. He doesn't perform a manual override and take control of our minds and bodies just to accomplish his will. So God is the main author of the Bible, but the human authors were true authors as well. And everything the biblical authors asserted, the Holy Spirit asserted. I just use the word assert And I used it because church documents, including those of Vatican II, use that word. But I want to distinguish between what an author says and what an author asserts, because they're different. If I say, my daughter spilled the beans about the surprise party, what I'm asserting is that she revealed a secret. I'm not asserting that it's time to get out the mop and clean up beans off the floor. If I said, it's raining cats and dogs outside, I'm asserting that it's raining hard, not that it's time to get out the mop and clean up animals off the street. The biblical authors come from a different culture, different language, and oftentimes had a different worldview than we do, and their writings reflect that. All right, I want to finish up by mentioning four very practical points that we have to take into consideration with this question. And these are going to make sense right away. They make sense. The four are, number one, know your audience. Number two, money. Number three, truths and details. And number four, the more witnesses, the better. So number one, know your audience. Every good writer sets out to know their audience, right? Here's the thing. The gospel writers had different audiences, And a good writer writes differently to different audiences. Matthew wrote to a Jewish audience. So naturally, Matthew's going to emphasize words and deeds of Jesus that would have resonated with Jews and the Old Testament and the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. Luke, however, wrote to a Gentile, non-Jewish audience. It makes sense that the four evangelists would describe the same major events in Jesus' life in different ways to impact their different target audiences. This accounts for some of the differences in gospel details. Practical consideration number two, money. Well, all too often it is a practical consideration, isn't it? Well, it was even back then too. Do you know roughly how much it would cost to buy a copy of just one of the Gospels? In equivalent dollars today, some researchers put it at about $1,500. That's $1,500 for one written copy of just one of the Gospels. So it's not surprising that an author back then would choose to leave out some details here and there. And different authors would choose different details, different ones to include and different ones to leave out. I mean, would you write a book that was so long and expensive to buy that no one could afford it? No. You write a book for the purpose of people reading it. If you remember that last line in the Gospel of John, John says, There are many other things which Jesus did. Were every one to be written down? I suppose the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Every time I read that, I just think, oh, come on, John. Like, write more. Write everything. We want more stories of Jesus, more words and miracles of Jesus. We want it all. But with a book being that expensive back then, it's understandable why you wouldn't write down absolutely everything that happened in every single detail. But it's okay, because Jesus started a church and entrusted it to the apostles. So, Jesus didn't leave us a Bible. He left us a church that wrote, compiled, and disseminated the Bible and continues to teach the people of God everything Jesus wants known, even things that are not in the Bible. All right, consideration number three, truths and details. The evangelists used different details to back up the same essential truths. I'll say that again. The gospel writers used different details to back up the same essential truths. For example, let's return to that scene at Jesus's baptism. Mark's gospel has God say, you are my beloved son. Matthew's gospel has God say, this is my beloved son. Now, whether the detail was the words you are or this is, it's the same essential truth that Jesus is God's beloved son. That means he's divine. That's the whole point of those verses in both Gospels. Even though the two authors are saying different things, they're asserting the same thing, that Jesus is God's son. It's not a contradiction because they're asserting the same truth. All right, the last consideration is number four, and that is the more witnesses, the better. The fact that we have four different accounts of Jesus's life that differ a little bit does not argue against their authenticity, but for their authenticity. Do you ever hear of rigged elections that take place in foreign countries sometimes? In some of these dictatorships, the dictator gets reelected and the polling results come out and claimed that there was 100% voter turnout and 99% of the people all voted to keep the corrupt dictator in power. I mean, come on. I mean, that would never happen. It doesn't pass the sniff test, right? And if there were four eyewitnesses of the same event, they would never explain that event in the exact same way, with the exact same details, in the exact same words. You'd know something was fishy about that. So common sense leads me to believe that the tiny differing details in four accounts of Jesus's life don't argue against the validity and the truth, but argues for them. All right, let's sum this all up and get out of here. The Bible is a 1,200-page book that's actually made up of 73 individual books, and it was written over a span of 1,500 years. The one divine author inspired the dozens of human authors. Of course, there are going to be some differing details, since those human authors used their own words, their own grammar, their own sentence structure, their own details, to convey the same truths to very different audiences. Minor differences in details don't argue against the truth of the Bible, but actually argue in favor of the essential points being true as witnessed by different real people. If you like this Remind Me Again series of short answers to common Catholic questions, let us know, share it on social media, send us an email, because if people don't listen to these, then I'll stop spending the time to make them. And you can find the archive of all Remind Me Again questions and answers at our website, basilthegreat.org slash remindmeagain.